You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we welcome back our friend Danny Mata, who covers the Texans and everything happening in Houston sports for Fox 26 News. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And Danny, you were just at the Bill O'Brien press conference. Uh, not a whole lot going news-wise on a Monday, but you know, I did want to get your just thoughts on this this team. They won 10 out of 11. Uh, they went out to the number two seed. I mean, did you see any of this stuff coming? Could you have had a better, I guess, afternoon without clinching a division title or a playoff spot than the Texans did last night? Because, you know, the, you're watching that thing and you're thinking, okay, well, if Pittsburgh loses, the Texans get a playoff spot. But if Pittsburgh wins, the Texans can win out and get that bye week for the first time. They've never had that. So I think they had a pretty good night. I think they would take it that way. I kind of did see this coming. You remember like when we talked at the, at the front end of the year, I thought that personnel-wise, talent-wise, they stayed healthy. I thought this could potentially be a 13-win team. Yeah, I mean, this, this is kind of where I thought they would be. Um, I, I, I mean, maybe not quite how I thought they would make it there. Like, I didn't think they would start 0-3. Uh, I didn't think they would win nine in a row uh, at any point. So I guess uh, it hasn't gone down exactly how I thought. The, the thing about the Texans that I find the most interesting is if you look at their 10 wins, they have played well, you know, throughout the game, right, twice. They've had really good spurts in the other wins, but I'm talking about putting a full game together. They've played two really good games, so they haven't really played that well. And the thing is, some people look at that and they say, well, then they're fool's gold, right? And if Brock Osweiler was a quarterback of this team, I might think that. My thing is, Deshaun Watson's the quarterback, and he's been playing hurt, and he's getting healthier, and the line has gotten better. You may not have seen that from the Jets game with all the sacks, but running the football has been a big deal for this team and helping keep Watson upright, and it's made them better. Hell of a lot better than what they looked the first three weeks. I think we can all agree on that, right? So my thing is, what happens when they start really playing well? You know, they're 10-4, and four, and they haven't really started playing that well yet. So, so, so the question becomes, well, do they ever start playing well? And B, what happens if they do? I feel like it's still coming. I feel like the best is still to come for this team because I feel like Deshaun Watson is getting healthier. They're, about, they're getting Deontay Foreman back. That's probably the most telling thing from the pressers. Uh, he's had two good weeks of practice. Maybe we'll see him this week. It's still kind of up in the air. Um, I think that as, as you start needing more bodies late in the year, guys like Foreman will start getting more work. So it, it's, it's, been an interesting, uh, it's been an interesting run for, for the Texans. Not quite how I expect them to get to this point, but um, I, still have, I, I still have an expectation this team is really going to put it all together because we've seen it in flashes what they can do when they're at their best. And I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that. The only thing I would say against what you're saying is, yeah, I don't feel like they've put it all together, but I thought they were getting closer and closer in the last couple of weeks. You just feel like uh, there's there has been some regression. You're starting to see the defense having a lot of difficulty in coverage. Kareem Jackson's kind of regressed a little bit over the last few weeks. Uh, you're concerned about the cornerback. Sharice Wright's kind of is who he is, and we're seeing more of is who he is right now than before Aaron Colvin. You know, they just don't have to seem to have any confidence in him, even though they spent all the money with him in free agency. And, you know, the, the big concern, I don't know enough about my X's and O's to understand what's going on, but the secondary seems to have all sorts of holes when they're in zone coverage. I mean, there's just guys running around wide open. And I don't necessarily can get concerned about the deep stuff. I kind of expect that a little bit, them, them get beat deep occasionally without the speed at cornerback. But 
I am concerned because I do feel like the linebackers aren't terrible in coverage. Zach Cunningham, Dylan Coles now back into the mix. You've got some guys that shouldn't be uh, leaving holes all over the secondary, and, and, and your safeties are supposed, supposed to be pretty good too. That Jets game is an interesting game to me. You're playing that game on a short week late in the year, and you know what we know historically is that short weeks late in the year take a toll on everyone, right? Because you're, you're, you're really banged up and you have one less recovery day. You know, going on the road – you know, with the climate not being perfect, and then you're 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 kind of worn down. It was a tough game. I think it was a little bit more a little bit more difficult than some people have ex- expected. But you know, the, the Jets have been one of those teams that they've kind of just shown you what they might be able to do in spurts, and the rest of the time they've just been the Jets, right? And I think the Texans kind of caught them on a spurt. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and make uh, and, and make excuses for this team. I, I agree with you about those things. I will say my bigger concern for me right now is. How are you going to cover Zach Ertz? I, I worry about Zach Ertz because of we've seen how he can be just a for, just an incredible force, right, for the Eagles. And having to play against a guy like that when they've had some issues at times covering tight ends this year, that's a thing that kind of stands out to me as something that would concern me. I, again, like I, I feel like there's 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 a lot of things that like the offensive line we saw last week. Like you're, you're you're thinking, okay, nine game winning streak, they're playing better. You know, they they really emphasize running the ball. You know, which is which. You know, is, we all know that that that's the fastest way to make a bad offensive line good, right? Is to be able to run the football, let those guys move downhill. They started playing better. That Jets game didn't inspire a lot of confidence as far as how far they've come. Last two weeks, yeah. right? So, you know, last two weeks, but particularly that Jets game really, really didn't inspire a lot of confidence the other night. But um, what I did like was that you're seeing is that I think that maybe as early as a month, as recently as a month ago. I don't know that Deshaun can have a game like he had and have and lead the comeback in the fourth quarter if his offensive line is playing like that, which tells me he's getting healthier. And that and that's and that's a sign because, you know, there was a stretch there where he wasn't throwing I think it was twenty five passes was the number that he didn't he didn't throw twenty five passes for a, a large pretty much after the Cowboys game for a long stretch. I think the Jets game might be the first one. I, I think you're kind of starting to see him get healthy. And really, I feel like if Deshaun is able to stay healthy, then they really can do something. My concern is the offensive line has just got to play better than it has the last two weeks. Because if you want to keep your Deshaun Watson healthy, you can't have the guy getting hit like that. You can't have him getting lit up like Christmas and, and, and that, that's where I disagree. The offensive line's got to play better. But I think they've got to be better against the run. I want to get to something. I want to just got to do something real quick, just to make sure uh, to remind everybody to follow Locked On NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. You get all the local experts in our Locked On NFL Network on one feed and on Twitter. It's perfect when all the games are going on simultaneously or when news is breaking on Instagram. Uh, same thing, Locked On NFL Net. You get the major stories in just a minute. Perfect bite size audio from. Whoever your favorite team is, usually it's going to be us. But you know, I know you're you're going to be following who everybody else that's going on, uh, everything else going on around the the league right now. Make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. So, Danny, you know the thing with with uh, Deshaun Watson, and I heard a little bit in the press conference on Monday. There was discussion of you know, well, that you know he's getting sacked. You know, we're seeing sacks and blah. blah. I, I keep going back to this idea that. You know, a lot of the sacks this year, lots of the sacks this year, is Deshaun Watson just holding on to the ball too long. Well, he took a real bad one against the Jets. That is one of the more egregious <laughs> displays of holding the ball too long yeah. that you'll see. He, 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 he had a couple of straight drives, you know, in that period where they weren't doing anything offensively early in the third quarter where 
the drives ended where he held and held and held on to the ball. And, I, you know, if there's not anything there, I'm fine. Just throw it away and don't get hit. And that and, and don't lose yardage either because there was, you know, that point where the, the Texans had to kick a super long field goal because he dropped 15 yards on a, on a uh, sack that he didn't need to take right there. So, you know, that's the thing that I'm, I'm wondering about because I just don't see the progression uh, with Deshaun on learning to get rid of the football. I understand that Bill O'Brien's probably drilled it into his head. Look, Deshaun, you know, here's the deal. I don't care if you take a sack, just don't throw an interception. But he needs to take that next step of, you know what, I can throw it away and not risk an interception and live to fight another day and not get hit and all that. That's what I need to see because I think that is where Deshaun moves from, okay, he can uh, sort of manage you to a Super Bowl with a really good team around him to, hey, Deshaun Watson can actually take you to the Super Bowl on his back. Well, I think we're well past the management part because this team, I mean, they, they need Deshaun Watson. Like, I mean, they cannot we, – we, we saw it last year – and I, I don't know what kind of confidence Brandon Whedon inspires a lot of people. They need Deshaun Watson if they're going to win anything. Of course. So he, he is well past managing games. Yeah, no team can win with their backup quarterback well, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but he is well, way past game manager. He, he, but, like, his, his, his thing is he's a playmaker. And young playmakers tend to do things like hold the football uh, too long. You know, and, and that's just kind of a thing. It's a give and take. And you saw that a lot with Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is one of those guys that's an egregious sack taker for a lot of his career. But, you know, either there's a give and there's a take. And some of the, and some of the take is those guys will get out there and make plays for you that otherwise could not have been made. Now, the, 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 as, as Roethlisberger got more got later into his career, he kind of found that balance, right? Took fewer sacks, and we found and kind of found a way to, to, you know, to ease down on some of those things. And Deshaun will get there. You know, he's in his second year. I mean, so I think he'll get there. Right now, it's definitely a concern, but it's also one of those things you kind of see with a playmaking quarterback. My my bigger concern would be like the constant pressure that's, you know, that's in his face, like what we saw against Indianapolis. Not all that was holding onto the ball. He's sitting in there with pressure in his face throughout the entire game. And you saw that against the Jets. You saw consistent pressure on him. But I also and, see times where there's a push up the middle a little bit, but if he just, like, backs up a little bit or doesn't get stressed out just because maybe the guards pushed back a little bit, um, and sometimes there's just he, he, there's invisible uh, pressure that he just starts to panic about where it's like, no, they, they, they pretty much, the offensive line had their guys in front of them and everything was okay, but then he starts to, you know, get happy feet, and he wants to run outside the pocket when maybe it, that that's not, he's gotten better at that, no question, since uh, you know his first year. But I, I still think that's still a thing with him. Yeah, I think he 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 gets to a point where I'm trying to think of how I want to word this because I agree with you that he does do some of those things, and what what he'll do oftentimes is he kind of rolls out early, you know, before he's flushed out. He'll try to roll out early, and these aren't designed rollouts. He kind of bails out and kind of looks around. And I think, I think there's a lot of things that go into that. You know, like, like some of that is, you know, they've had a lot of injuries at wide receiver, right? And so you, you're going to have a lot of guys that are you're plugging in, trying to get open, and you're going to have some inconsistency there. And some of that is just going to be because as a playmaker, he's going to make decisions like that and probably jumps out a little bit too early. And when you've been hit a lot and you had some pressure in your face, yeah, it happens. And I think that, you know, all those things are – all those things, you know, kind of impact everything. But at the end of the day, he has still managed to make 
enough plays for them to win a lot of their ball games. And he made some big plays there. And I'm not going to take anything away from from DeAndre Hopkins and that insane catch that he made. That I'm actually I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to just put a pause on this. Can we just talk about that DeAndre Hopkins catch? How that would be an amazing catch for just about every other receiver. And DeAndre Hopkins just makes it look routine. Like, and we as Houston fans just see it like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I keep saying he's on, on a Hall of Fame track. At some point, well, of course we're, is, we're, yeah. like, we're like a year or two away from like if, if he didn't play another game, he, he's still in the Hall of Fame. Like he's maybe two years away, two more years of putting up the numbers that he's been putting up. They're like, okay, like if he got injured the next day, you know, if, if there was Gail Sayers, to, you know, or something like that. And Gail Sayers, I think, limped along for a couple of years after that. But he made it on basically just a handful of years or Terrell Davis or something like that. But that's, to me, how good DeAndre Hopkins is. You know, he's he's already put together. You know, there was a number that I uh, threw out yesterday, showed Danny, where only one player in NFL history has more receptions at this point in their career than DeAndre Hopkins, and it's Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, and then he, he was second second youngest to Larry Fitzgerald the past 7,000-yard mark. That was against the Colts. I, I think that I, – I think that – all right, so to me, there was, there's been a long – standing debate who's the best quarterback running back receiver whatever and people have different opinions on who you could throw in there but for me at this point if, if, you, if you want to say it's someone like if you want to say it's Antonio Brown fine if you name anyone else other than DeAndre Hopkins as far as you know other than DeAndre Hopkins is Antonio, Antonio Brown as far as best receiver in football I I just don't see it because I don't see a single receiver that I think is better than those two guys I'm not sure that anyone's better than DeAndre Hopkins right now. I mean, the way that he – just the way that he is able to use his size and, and, and his speed, his catch radius is just incredible. He catches everything. You know, I still think the best catch he's ever made is that catch that didn't even count against the Cowboys between his legs. I mean, he, it's just – it's insane what that guy does and what he catches. And from, and honestly, like, again, like to me, he's one of the top two receivers in football. I think he – I think there's a really good argument to be made that he's the best. And, again, if someone wants to say Antonio Brown, fine. But there's no other name other than Antonio Brown that I will listen to as far as who's better than DeAndre Hopkins. There just isn't. I mean, I just don't think you can objectively look at what he has done and just, like, watch the games he plays and watch the catches he made and tell me that there's real, that there's realistically two receivers in the league better than him. You mentioned Deontay Foreman might be back. What do you think he can give the Texans at this point? It's a power running thing, but really it's kind of hard to say, though, isn't it? I mean, a guy's coming off an Achilles injury. We don't really know how good he's going to be. You know, uh, It's going to be interesting to see, but the power running element is definitely going to help and you know, pro- it'll, you know, create a little bit less wear on, on Lamar Miller. You know, Lamar Miller's had a really underappreciated season. But when you, know, you get an injury like that, you know, he gets hurt in, the, you know, in, the, in that game in the Jets. So you know, now you probably need Deontay Foreman a little bit more, especially now as guys are getting banged up. And you, know, you need a guy that can be a punishing runner. He potentially is that guy. Um, it's hard to say if he'll be that guy coming off an Achilles tear. We haven't seen him play in over a year. The last time we saw a play was, I think, it was the, he got hurt in that Cardinals game, right? Uh, about a year, about November of last year, I think, is when that game was, roughly. Yeah. Sounds about right. Okay, so about November of last year is when he got. So he hasn't played since then. So it's kind of hard to figure out like exactly what he's going to give them, but potentially the power running element, you know, is, is a big thing. Is 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 very important because you're going to need guys that can bruise defenses and push guys a little back and and, and make guys 
you know, hurt a little bit and it slows him down just enough to where Deshaun might be able to get one deep to Hopkins or Thomas or someone like that. And, uh, he he gives them a power running element that, that a lot of teams, uh, most teams need when you get into the playoffs, if he's healthy. Last thing I wanted to ask you about is, is the playoffs, and uh, you think about that for a second. I just want to remind everybody that when you get in your car, just tell your smartphone to play podcast Locked On Texans, and there you go. It's as easy as that. If you love our show, tell your followers and friends, supporters by sharing our show links on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Maybe write us a nice review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. Email LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. We want to bring you into the conversation. Well, Danny, I mean, the more you look at the playoff picture right now, I mean, yeah, if the Texans win out, they get the two seed. But even if they don't, they're still pretty likely the three seed. And if they are the three seed and you do get past the first round or you're the two seed, then the team that you're playing is either going to be the Patriots here or the Patriots in New England. The Patriots don't look like the Patriots right now. Do you think the Texans are good enough to beat Tom Brady? I mean, that's a that's a huge if because if they if they can get past New England, um, then you're looking at and of course they haven't even won the AFC South yet. So I'm, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But if they get past New England, uh, then they're in an AFC championship game, and that's the first time we've seen that in Houston, an AFC championship game by an NFL team in 39 years. And maybe at that point people will get excited about this team because I don't know what it's going to take to get excited about the Texans. You know, the fans just aren't – I don't feel like there's a buzz at all. Well, I think that, um, again, when you, when you look at how they've won a lot of their games, it, it, it'll raise some concerns. And, and the, the truth is – do the Texans have the talent to beat the Patriots? Absolutely. Do I think that if they play their best football, they can? Absolutely. I don't think there's a question of that. You know, the big question has been, are they going to put it together? Because as I've mentioned, like, I don't feel like they've played really all that well in eight of the ten wins that they have. However, when you're, <laughs> when you're playing moder- only moderately well and you're reeling off nine straight wins, it's probably a good sign, right? So um, the, to answer your question more thoroughly, the, last two, the Texans the uh, last two weeks, no way. Um, but I also feel like the Texans have the potential to turn around and you definitely want to play the Patriots here. I don't, I don't, I don't know that they can go to new England and beat them, but I do think if you can play them here, I think that you know, all bets are off. We have heard how loud this stadium can get with an extra week to prepare. I think that you'd be feeling pretty good. Um, to be honest, like right now the AFC, I think a lot of people were resigned to the fact that Kansas city was going to win the AFC. And that thing just hasn't turned out. You know, ever since that Rams game, you know they lost again to the Chargers, and you know, you know the Chargers, the Chargers are looking like they might become the first homeless team to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, so, so you know, and I think I, I personally am hoping the Chargers win the AFC, uh, the AFC West, because if the Chargers were to finish with the number one seed, the Texans get a second home game. It just goes to LA because the Chargers don't fill up their own stadium, and they've been terrible in their home field. So. I, I think it's I think it's interesting the fact that the Chargers may end up a twenty seven thousand seat soccer stadium could host two playoff games. One thing to put in the back of your mind as far as the Patriots are concerned is they're not very good right now against the run and the Texans they need to win games by having a good running game, especially in the playoffs. And you know it's going to matter as you know if you if you do end up in cold weather, you know even at NRG Stadium, I think that's a big deal. Uh, before I let you go. What's going on over at Channel 26? What's been new over there? Well, you know, Mark Berman's always doing his thing. You know, Berman's, uh, I think he's the best, one of the two or three best reporters in the country. So 
um, you know, we're just <laughs> we're out jamming and doing a lot of Texans and Rockets and stuff right now. And you know, I, I will tell you this. I, I, I will tell you this about about that Patriots about the Patriots. The Texans start the year zero and three, and in that Patriots game, I'm not sure how much worse the Texans could have played. They lost by a touchdown. They were right there in position to steal that game at a time where they could not have played a whole lot worse. And it is, it's worth remembering that, that the more looks good football teams get at other good football teams, the better they perform. J.J. Watt was just coming back from his injury. He didn't look the, quite the same the first game right, or two. Right, he didn't, have, he didn't have a sack until that Giants game, all right? He had, he had three in the Giants game. I think that was, those were his first three, am I right? Clowney was invisible. Uh, Whitney Merciless was invisible. I mean, so many of the key Texans guys just didn't look like they were right that first game. And yet... There they were. There they were. And yet, there they were, right there. They had, they were, they had, a, they had a shot. They lost that game by a touchdown, and they couldn't have played a whole lot worse than they did. And they are, you know, regardless of how well you think they're playing on a week-to-week basis, they are a significantly better football team today than they were when they played the Patriots on opening day. Hopefully they're playing them at NRG Stadium in a, in a few weeks. That, that would be I think cool. that would be a great thing, especially, to, especially again, you get, you get a bye week, you, host, you, you, you get the divisional round, and you're one win from the AFC Championship game, and this place will be rocking if they can hold it. But as O'Brien said, it starts with the Eagles. And, and you know, I, I think the Eagles were easier to pencil in as a win until last night. When they went into L.A. and beat the Rams – now I don't think. Now I think that that if you had that game circled as as a win against the Eagles, I think he has to be circled in pencil now rather than pen. Because when a team like that goes in there and beats the Rams, keeps their playoff hope alive. Well, now they're they, they're still alive, and this is a must win game, and it's the Super Bowl champs on their home field, and you get the Super Bowl champs on their home field in a must win game. It's not going to be easy, which is why if they win this game. I would feel really, really good about the long-term prospects of what this team can be if they can come away because that would be that would be very impressive, I think. The cool stylings of Danny Mata. Always good to catch up with you, brother. Appreciate you, man. LockedOnTexans.com. Don't forget, check out all of our work over there, all of our writers, everything like that. We do this daily. You know that. That's all we got for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans. Your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.